and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. Well, this week it's New Year's week. We got a couple days left in the in the year, and who? What do we do when this happens at the last part of the year? We always talk about the best of the year, the 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 end end of the year lists, and I thought, why not? Let's do that too. And the boys have been doing such a great job. Uh, recording with me and talking about all kinds of fun stuff, I said, you know what, go ahead and take the week off because this week on this episode for this topic, I have asked my good friend Tom Gross to come back and be a returning guest on the Colby cast. So welcome back, Tom. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here and geez, happy new year, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Happy new year. It it seems like we were just uh, celebrating the beginning of 2022, isn't it? It, it certainly does. The year went by fast. Lots, lots, and lots happened this year. Oh, yes. Well, and we're going to talk about some of that. I, I hope we get to a lot of it, as a matter of fact, because the topic for this episode is going to be the best of 2022. And, you know, Excellent. we're a pop culture and storytelling podcast, so we're going to talk a lot about that. But I hope we have a little bit of opportunity to talk about some some personal highlights and some highlights throughout the year that are away from being in front of a screen and, and consuming something. But there's a very specific reason that I wanted to talk to you about this subject, and it's one of the things that you do on your blog, which oh. I always love to talk about your blog, Seeking Positivity <laughs> in the Galaxy, Thank you. you keep track of all your data of watching movies, TV shows, I reading do. books, comic books. Tell, tell us a little bit about what you do with that, because I just think I love that idea, and I think it's so cool that you do that. Well, I, you know, thanks for bringing that up because that is about to be, that will go out uh, sometime just after the new year. Cause I, I keep track all the way through midnight of <laughs> December 31st. <laughs> Cause you know, you never know, you might watch a movie on that, you know, New Year's Eve or watch a Disney plus show or something like that. So I keep it till then, but um, yeah, throughout the entire year, I keep track of let me look. I just brought that up when you mentioned that. Um, so these are my categories that I follow. And by the way, I got this. This is not original to me. I got this idea from somebody else. And if you go to my blog and go to the very first um, entry on this, uh, my reading and viewing stats, th- there is where I talk about that. But I don't. I do not off the top of my head remember who I got this idea from. But I kind of mm. developed it and went a little bit further. But so I keep track of movies watched in a year. TV series streamed, and I guess I guess it could be on on television, but I don't really ever watch. Who does TV shows on? <laughs> uh, you know, it might yeah. be a rerun of Friends here or there. Um, books read, books abandoned, <laughs> because I am a firm believer, and I tell my kids this. I'm a school librarian uh, by trade, and I tell my kids, do not finish a book that you are not enjoying. I mean, if it's for class or something like that, of course, but you know, do not, do not put yourself through the, through the pain of, of trying to finish something that you're not enjoying. I mean, what, where's the joy in that? There, there isn't on, unless there's a reason why you're trying to get through that. Um, I keep track of audiobooks, short stories, um, read and comic books read. Um, and I keep track. I I have Marvel unlimited. So that's my digital side of it. And I have a, the print side, cause I do purchase, um, books from my local comic book store and I bring those nice. home. And then this year I started keeping track of um, the titles of movies 
the TV series and the books that I've read. I don't really keep track of the comic books because it's usually the same ones. Um, I might read a a throw in here or there print, and then I, I'm kind of all over the place on Marvel Unlimited. It's mm. usually whatever catches my eye that day, something back issue, or we've been introduced to someone new in the MCU, and I want to get mm. a little history on them. Sure. So, uh, so yeah. So this is the this 2023 will be my third year in doing this, and one thing that I've enjoyed this year because now I have data to to compare to is to see. How how does my consumption, as what I'm calling it, my consumption of of yeah. of pop culture or or reading and viewing materials, how does that compare to the years before? And I I ha- actually I have not sat down to look at the two yet, although I I've got I suspect a few things trends on this. And I don't know if you want me to go into this now or later. Sure. Yeah. So a trend that I suspect, and again, check out Seeking Positivity in the Galaxy blog. Uh, The first week of uh, January, uh, super busy week for me, but I think I'll be able to get it out then. Um, I think I'm going to find that I watched far fewer movies in 2021 than I did in 2022. Mm. Um, But I believe my TV series is probably steady, if not more, this mm-hmm. year. My books read, I believe, is probably going to be fewer than in uh, 2020. And I'm sorry, 2021. And my comic books read, I believe, is slightly up. Um, some things I think that, I, that I'll be writing about on my blog to give you a bit of a preview is, you know, as, as we came out of the pandemic and things started picking up, uh, outside of my consumption of materials and, and entertainment, I think other things grabbed my attention. Mm. Um, mostly things at work. Uh, I started coaching speech again this year. For I haven't coached speech in over 15 years, and so I got yeah. back to that. Um, my kids are getting a little bit older, so I'm doing some more things with them. Um, as as we'll talk about, I'm sure a little bit later to uh, on this show. Well, I, I did a little bit more traveling this year. Mm. And so um, I think some things kind of took my time, but I am curious to see and do a, a, a complete side by side comparison. I don't know. I just find it fascinating to see, like, how have I been spending my time? I, I, and that's one of the reasons why I thought of you when I, when we had, when I thought of this topic to talk about, because I just think that it's such a great idea like you said, to see those, now you're getting into three years of data. You can start mm-hmm. to see some some trends a little bit in averages. I just think that it's a really, really interesting idea for somebody to do on a personal level, just to see, you know, it's like, um, what am I doing with my time, right? That, that yeah. you can sort of even plug it into that category, right? Because if you're spending X amount of hours in front of a screen watching a TV show, then that means you're not spending time doing something else. So it, right. you and it's, a, it's about that balance. So I just think that, well, first of all, I think you're overly prepared for what we're going to talk about in this episode. <laughs> and I think that's a really, really good thing. Um, very, very cool uh, idea. So uh, it's one oh, of those, thank you. one of the posts that I usually look forward to. And your blog is great. So I, I enjoy reading everything. But I always look for that update to see, oh, what's, what's Tom been up to on his watching and reading? <laughs> And thank you for giving us all permission to abandon a book that we're not enjoying, you know, coming from an educator and a librarian, uh, that that's advice that I'm going to take. I I once I read a Stephen King book 
It's the one with the Shawshank Redemption um, yes. short story. And there's four short stories. I love it. It also has Stand By Me, uh, which obviously those two are magnificent. Um, one of the other ones is, is evading me right now, but there was this one that I just suffered through. And it was, I can't even remember the title of it, but it was about a young boy who lives in a, in a small town where a Nazi is hiding, you know, and he's oh. old already in his seventies and gosh, they just torture each other. And it was just the worst, worst story. And I just, I couldn't stop reading it. Cause I, I well, I already started it. I'm going to, I should have just abandoned it. I, I wish I would have heard that advice before. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'll know, I'll know. Move uh, on to stuff you love. Oh, I, I totally will. Absolutely. So, yeah. well, let's get into it because I, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, some of your favorites from 2022 and, sure. and you know, let's just dive right into it. Um, you mentioned having Marvel Unlimited. You mentioned the MCU and going and using Marvel Unlimited to sort of look at a character if a new character is being introduced in the movie or streaming side of the MCU. Uh, so let me ask you, what was your favorite MCU movie for this year? Um, it's it's actually really far above the others that I believe I'm, if I'm remembering right, we had Dr. Strange, yep. we had, um, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder, and then Thor. we have Wakanda Forever. Is that correct? Those are yeah, the three. Those, yeah, correct. Yes. And so Wakanda Forever by, it's by a long shot. Yeah. Um, if you, if you have a chance to listen to, um, CWK pour over with, uh, Dan Zare and Corey Club, we talked a little bit about this. And what kind of forever just is, is so much, and I, I hate to say better because I hate to, to, you know, judge that way. But I think as far as quality of film, quality of story, um, even, even in these instances, quality of characterization, uh, what kind of forever just was the most superior MCU movie this year. Um, just, I think the, the homage to, uh, Chadwick Boseman was yeah. just beautiful throughout. I mean, it wasn't, you know, they gave it its moment at the beginning, but then it just continued through the entire film. And it just, it just, I don't know, it just gave me goosebumps so many different times. And the introduction of Namor yep. um, was really interesting. I loved the angle at which they took by giving him um, South American heritage mm -hmm. And uh, I think that was fascinating and super, super cool. Um, just, I don't know. I, my, and surprisingly, another thing that gives it very high marks on my part is my youngest daughter is not really into Marvel movies. And that's mm -hmm. okay. You know, I wish she were. I wish she's more into Star Wars, but she's really into neither one. But she went and saw Wakanda Forever with some friends. Mm. Um, didn't, I didn't even know she was going. And when she came back, she was like, she said, can I tell you about the movie that I saw? And I said, yeah, tell me about it. And she goes, well, I don't want to give away spoilers. <laughs> 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 and I said, well, I appreciate that. What is the movie you saw? And she said, Black Panther. And I was like, oh, very cool. I said, I'm not worried about spoilers. You tell me everything you need to. And she absolutely yeah. loved it. And so when I came back from, I was on a trip to uh, Universal with my older daughter's band and Universal Studios uh, or uh, the, the theme park. 
and I found a little Black Panther um, stuffed animal. Mm. And I brought it back and I gave it to my youngest daughter. And I said, so I said, this is, is this the Black Panther you're talking about? And she was, it is. And she, nice. she just grabbed it and gave it a huge hug. And I said, what I'm curious about is, is this T'Challa or is this Shuri? Uh-huh. And she sat back and she looked at me and she goes, this is Shuri, Dad. <laughs> I said, awesome. I said, I was hoping you would say that. Nice. And so I think it's super cool. And so it, just alone by that, it just makes me feel good and to hear about it. Not to say I wasn't super excited about the others. Doctor Strange, I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it didn't. It didn't strike the full chord. It was a little like it was like a minor chord for me. Um, and Love and Thunder just it did not work for me at all. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about your favorite MCU movie <laughs> of 2022. Well, I, I don't have a ton to add to what you just said about Wakanda Forever because that was my choice as well. Okay. Um, and you know, on our episode that the that Caleb Luke and I talked about it, one of the things I mentioned was just how heavy and sad it was and how could it not be, right? And that was really one of my only criticisms was how I, I when it dealt with the with the loss of Chadwick Boseman for me was the highlight. It was the way that the film mm-hmm. started and the way that the film ended, right, with the introduction of uh of the hope to continue forward with his legacy. Those were the very, very high highlights. I was really, you know, and and if you were listening to this, uh, to this episode of the Colby cast and haven't seen Wakanda forever, I would be surprised, but uh, spoilers, right. For Wakanda forever. If you haven't seen it, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was, uh, I was so saddened by uh, the loss of Queen Ramonda. Um, we had just experienced T'Challa's loss. Mm-hmm. I felt like it didn't, we didn't need to lose the queen as well because she was such a magnificent character, but I understand. I understand why. Um, one of the things that I thought was excellent was Shuri's struggle. Yeah. But it, for me, it sort of dragged out. But with all that being said, you know, I was sort of rooting for her to become, to make that turn a little bit earlier than she made the turn because they saved it really, really to the end of the, the film. Right. But so, and then the whole thing with, you know, with, um, with Everett Ross and, and Val and all that stuff was sort of like, I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. I don't think we needed all of all that, but mm-hmm. all that to say it's leaps and bounds better than Thor and leaps and bounds better than, than, uh, than Dr. Strange. And like you said, not because those films were bad. Thor was, I, I always said that I think Thor is, there's like three movies going on in that, in that one movie. Oh, uh, You've got the first half of it sort of mm-hmm. where Taika Waititi is being silly Taika Waititi, which is fine. I, th- I think his humor is funny. And then you've got the gore aspect of it and then you've got the Thor aspect of it. But um, hmm. yeah, it, it, sort of all over the place. And then Dr. Strange, I thought you hit the nail on the head with it being a minor chord, especially because of that music fight that they had. Uh, yeah. Lots of <laughs> enjoyable things, lots of enjoyable things. But one of the things that I gauge how much I like a movie on is how long does it stay with me? The next day, am I, am I thinking back on it? Are Ooh, scenes, I like that. Are scenes popping into my head, you know, and how long does that happen? Mm-hmm. how quickly another thing is how quickly do i want to watch it again mm-hmm. and with dr strange and thor i enjoyed them 
but it they neither one of them really stayed with me and i wasn't you know they've been on disney plus now for a long time and i haven't gone back and watched them yeah but with wakanda forever as soon as that thing hits disney plus i'm gonna be watching it and that Mm. the scenes and the the themes and the music in that movie stayed with me day after day after day and Mm. i just found myself sort of you know, drifting off and contemplating things about it. And that's when you know a movie has done something. Uh, I'm glad you right? said that about the. I'm glad you said that about the music because the music stuck with me the longest. And, and I've, I've been looking for the music and that album to come out on Spotify <laughs> um, because I, I'm with you. I thought the music was marvelous. Yeah. So I love that. I love that assessment of, of, of how a, a movie resonated with you as, is is measured by how long you think about it afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. That gives me a lot to ponder because the movie that is the movie that still sits in my mind is as a movie that I sat and I was quite frankly I was haunted by this movie for days, days, and I even feel like it infected my personal like my personality during that time Ooh. was Saving Private Ryan. Oh. That movie struck me. From the from the opening scenes when they're when they're on the beach and making that uh, D Day landing, it it profoundly impacted me to, to this day. When I think about it, I'm just like I can't watch that movie again mm. because of of the impact and how real it was for me. Yeah, and so I I, I like that. I like that measurement because now I kind of go back and I, I'm reevaluating like my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and if I measure it by that. My list is very different. Very, you know, different. it's. I'm a fan first. I'm not a critic. I don't pretend to be a critic, so I'm not looking at things that critics look at. I, I'm not mm-hmm. trained to do those things. So those are the things that I just sort of measure um, my enjoyment of something on. Is is that how it personally affects you? And yeah, you know, the the emotion. I think stories and movies they should elicit an emotional response, as well as enrich you in one way or the other. And whether mm-hmm. that's because you don't think that what the characters are doing are, are good and don't want to do those things, or you like what you're seeing and you want to emulate that or teach that kind of thing. I think a lesson should be learned and an emotional response should be, should be brought about. So, you know, those are the, that's just sort of the, the way that I look at uh, my favorite movies. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what you come up with now that you're, you're thinking on those <laughs> things too. Um <laughs> Well, let me ask you, since you brought up uh, Saving Private Ryan and, and, and a non-MCU or a non-Star Wars type mm-hmm. of movie, that was going to be my next question anyway, was yeah. a, uh, your favorite non-MCU, non I mean, there wasn't a Star Wars movie, so we can't that. No. So basically, a, your, a non-MCU movie, what was your favorite of this year? This is the one that I don't have an answer for. Because I don't I think it. I saw I don't think I saw any other movie produced in 2022 other than the the three that we've just mentioned. The Marvel ones? Yeah. Um, and so I've watched several movies on streaming services. Sure. And two of them I was I was like, was that made in 2022? Was it? So the two that I'm talking about that, that were going to be on my list, but that were not made in 2022, but I saw them in 2022 is Encanto and mm-hmm. the West Side, not the West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, both of those, both of those films I thought were just magnificent. I saw them, I think within a couple weeks of each other in April. And I was just really drawn in by them. 
And the one that I really want to say something about um, is is West Side Story. I was I, I approached that very with great hesitation because I just didn't know if I if anything could replace. First of all, the original film, sure. but I've seen this on on stage as well, not on Broadway, but in Chicago, I saw it one time. And I'm just sometimes when I see something live, I don't know that I can that I can go and watch it on film. But I thought they did such a marvelous job, and and I'm it's it's embarrassing that I can't remember who the director of this was. It wasn't it um, oh from Hamilton, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, I believe. Uh, I believe. I don't if think I don't... so. West Side Story, I thought was Steven Spielberg. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it looks Either well. Way. So let me. Yeah, let me just say. So I, I just, I thought the 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 modern it is, day it port- is Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that that it just was so marvelous to watch this this show. And all, of course, all the wonderful songs come back to you. Mm-hmm. But the, I don't know, just the update of it really spoke to me. And th- this is where I come from on this is I kind of wish that Hollywood. Now, the caveat here is I don't want them to do anything for the sake of just doing it. But I wish Hollywood would look at some of these musicals that either that are have either a been been already out there and have kind of sat in the background for a while because they've moved on or because the pandemic shut it down for a while yeah. or whatever or i wish some writers would come out with some new musical content uh, i mean we just you know we had hamilton recently that was just marvelous and, and just magnificent it resonates with me still today and i yep. love listening to that soundtrack from time to time just for the power of it um but west side story kind of gave me that hope that maybe we're going to see a little bit more of it now we see a lot of it in disney animation as i mentioned in kanto and even back to like shows like tangled and uh mm-hmm. and some of those kind of shows but I'd really like to see something that has a little bit more adult weight, like a West side story has, has some more adult type themes of, of like, I don't know, death and struggle and all of that. So anyway, so I guess long way around to answer that question is I didn't see a movie produced in 2022 or not produced, but released in 2022, except for those MCU movies. And so West side story is the best one I saw outside of this year. Well, I'm glad that you you brought that up because honestly, uh, I think I only saw one movie that was not a Marvel movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that that's correct. So I'm glad that you brought up something that you watched at home because in my mind, totally that's that's up for uh, that's up for um, a, a discussion. Um, the movie. I went back and forth from for my choice on on this category. I went back and forth between two, and it was one that I watched at home and one that I actually saw in the theaters. The mm-hmm. only one that I saw in theaters that was not Marvel, and I'm gonna go with that one. But before I say anything, I was gonna bring up the Batman, which is the one that I watched at home. That was the one I was sort of going back mm-hmm. and forth on. Um, before I get into the one that I saw, though, I wanted to mention since before I forget, you brought up a musical. I am a massive fan of musicals, uh, mm. m- musical movies, seeing things on stage. Absolutely love it. Something my wife and I have been doing since, you know, we first got together. You know, uh, we saw 
fan of the opera uh, when oh. you know like the first year that that we were dating uh shortly after that we saw uh, beauty and the beast the stage uh, production of that and that's magnificent the lion king anyway we could go on and on and on but i wanted to mention to you and i don't know if you've seen it or not tick tick boom uh with andrew garfield have you seen that I have not no i think based on what you just said about west side story i think that that might right just might be up your alley because it's got very adult themes, very mature, very, it is, um, I'm not going to go too much into it because I really want you to go in not knowing much about it, but it is magnificent and I think it's on Netflix. So okay. it should be easy to find, but tick, tick, boom. I, I will be very happy to hear what you have to say about it. Cool. Cool. So my favorite non-MCU movie was uh, Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it was the only other movie that we saw that uh, was not a Marvel movie. And I think that that is critical to my enjoyment of it because it was done very much like the first Top Gun, Hmm. uh, which I never saw in theaters. As a matter of fact, I was a young kid and I remember watching it at home, but I never saw it in theaters. This one is one of those that is, I think they recently re-released it in, in theaters, uh, you know, a smaller release, but I think the theater experience for this movie especially is critical because of the, the way that they shot it. I mean, they put real actors mm-hmm. in real planes. They had to train them to a certain extent to understand how their bodies would react to the G-force and the mm-hmm. kind of um, physical experience they were going to have. And, the stunts in it, the visuals in it, the story is fun. The music is fun. It has the same DNA that the original had, but it was just a modern version of it. And, you know, Tom Cruise, I mean, that man is a movie star. He's he's just a movie star. Right. So, and this is, um, this was a, a movie that just really, you know, highlights his strengths uh, and it was just a, a blast in in theaters. It it really was great. Uh, so I know it's going to be hitting Paramount Plus here uh, pretty soon. I believe maybe this week or early January. So I don't know how it's going to translate to that smaller screen, right? But I still think it'll be very very enjoyable. So if it's if that's the streaming service that you have, or if you uh, have a chance to see it somehow, uh, check it out because it is it's a fun fun pause your brain and enjoy what's going on in front of you type of experience um because you know it really is a throwback even the way that the movie starts is something that's just so sort of massive and over the top and super super cool just so cool so uh and what more do you want from a top gun movie right something that's cool and it really checks all those boxes it's a fun fun movie planes explosion fast stuff i mean that's what you need and i can't believe i missed that when it was in the theaters but it just didn't i don't know it didn't draw me in for some reason because i (laughs) loved the first one and i do remember seeing the first one in theaters and i remember sitting there you know in a seat on a large screen watching that opening sequence where they're launching the plane off of the deck of the of the aircraft carrier and you have that cool like Oh, I don't remember who the 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 composer of that music was, um, Faltenheimer or something. I don't remember, but and that song was going on. Yep. <laughs> oh God, it's so cool! And I don't know how I missed that this year, other than and this is what I was going to say about 
about this in at least for me. And I think that I think that and I don't want to blame everything on a pandemic. I mean, how silly. Sure. But I think that that changed for me personally, the movie industry, like in order for yeah. you to get me into a theater these days um, with all of the options we have of streaming services. And believe me, being a Star Wars fan and a Marvel fan, I understand the importance of seeing something on a huge screen. Yeah. No doubt about it. But to draw me into something that's not a part of my world of Marvel and Star Wars it's going to have to be something that either your marketing or just the quality of people you have involved in that program is really going to have to draw me in or get my friends that draw me to the theater, <laughs> get them interested as well. But uh, I don't know. And so it's, I feel bad saying that because it's, it's really a kind of a silly, sorry excuse, but time, at the age I'm at, time is at a premium. You know, money is not, you know, money in my world isn't, is not especially, uh, uh, dispense, you know, uh, discretionary. And yep. so it is what it is, but, uh, no, I but think cool. it's a, I think it's a really, it's a valid point. Absolutely. And I think that to a certain extent, I'm the same way. The pandemic helped us to sort of reestimate and re, uh, redefine what it is we wanted to see in a theater and what yeah. we were okay with watching at home. And and that is that is absolutely the nature of the movie industry now, especially with the explosion of the um, streaming platforms, because now there's a streaming platform for everything, absolutely everything. So, but you mentioned um, you mentioned Star Wars. And I'm, yes. I'm sort of shocked that we're getting close to 30 minutes of you and I having a conversation and <laughs> And that was the first time we heard the word Star Wars. <laughs> so let's talk about Star Wars. Uh, specifically, you know, and um, we didn't have a Star Wars movie again this year. It's something mm -hmm. that I'm looking forward to someday in the future. I love Star Wars movies. There's nothing like it. Talk about getting me into the theater. I'll be the first in line when, whenever the next Star Wars movie comes out. I love the streaming shows. I love what we're getting, what we've gotten um, from Lucasfilm. Uh, on Disney Plus and the streaming platform, uh, so don't get me wrong, but give me a movie. I'd love, I want to see a movie. But for now, we have the wonderful content that we are getting on Disney Plus. So, um, mm -hmm. we got quite a bit of Star Wars on Disney Plus. Kenobi, yes. uh, Book of Boba Fett, Andor. We got uh, Tales of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. um, those are the four things that I believe. I don't. Uh, oh, we also got the wonderful little uh, Grogu short with his dust bunnies. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think I'm missing anything. Um, nope. But of of those, what was your favorite for 2022? Yeah, this the, I found myself kind of like feeling like that bipolar golem because I would say, <laughs> well, there's this. Well, what about this? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but I went back and forth between two of them. Mm hmm. Um, and I think the one that I have to say, and it's probably more because it's more recent in my mind than the other, and that is my top, my top Star Wars Disney Plus content this this in 2022, I believe, is Andor. Okay. Um, what I was what I was tussling with was saying Boba Fett, hmm. because the book of Boba Fett took me in so many different places that I just didn't know I was going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and it was a totally fresh story, gave me a new, a new way of, of looking at Boba Fett, but then also brought the Mandalorian into his book. 
um, because whether we like it or not, their their stories cross. Yep. And they're very important to each other's stories. And so, but I think even with all the surprises of that, I think Andor is is probably my favorite story overall in the in Disney Plus. First of all, Rogue One instantly brought me in and and drew that movie up to the top three of my Star Wars films. And I think it currently sits at the top for me with the new hope and then Empire Strikes Back afterwards. And I just, man, the storytelling of Rogue One just is captivating. What I loved about Rogue One was that someone could watch it who's not a Star Wars fan. Someone like, "Mm, well, my wife, let's say she watched Rogue One and and was really drawn into the story and and was totally bought in that that it didn't have to be a Star Wars movie Mm -hmm. until Darth Vader comes in. And then, you know, even though that was a high point for us Star Wars fans to her, it was just it was just violence. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay because it was, it was terribly violent and it was a shock to all of us. I feel like we'd never seen a live action Darth Vader behave that way. And to me, that changed the way a new hope looks. And so I'll revert back to my conversation about Andor because I believe Andor also changes the way I look at the, at the original trilogy because as Mon Mothma said, Many Bonthans, uh, uh, oh, thank you, yeah. died to bring us this information. Well, even though Andor is not a story about Bothan, why can't I say those that name? Anyway, <laughs> that's not what the story was. This is this is the story of the original rebellion yeah. and how rebellions get started. And without the story of Andor, what happens, you know, Jin Erso's story can't be, can't be and Luke Skywalker and princess Leia and all their stories can't be. And it started someplace and Andor's story is important. And I, I just, I can't wait to have the time to go back and watch it again. Yeah. Because I've, I've kind of set back and let, let time, a little bit of time pass and boy, 2023 is going to hit us with show after show after show. And yeah. I'm not sure when I'm going to get the time to rewatch Andor. maybe I'll get really sick or something and have to stay home from work. <laughs> and then I can, I can, if I'm, if I'm not so sick that I can't watch a show, <laughs> I don't do that by the way, just, just an FYI. I don't do that. But, um, I, I want to watch it again because now that I know who the characters are, I don't know. I feel like I struggled with the story of Andor just solely because I wasn't, I I was having a hard time keeping some of the characters straight. Yeah. Um, I got the big picture and I think the big picture was beautiful. I love the jailbreak. I love everything. I love, I I mean, every high point was a high point. Yeah. You know, when they, when they, when they made the break in and stole the resources, that was such a high point. Mm -hmm. And then we have the jailbreak as a high point. And then you, Oh, I mean, just one thing after another, after another, just, what a what a magnificent story. And it just to me is so important because it's a part of the Star Wars galaxy that doesn't use the force, that doesn't have lightsabers, but it 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 talks about something that we just can all relate to because we know we know what the Death Star is. We know about 
Tarkin and Stormtroopers. I mean, even it gives more weight to uh, the animated Rebel series. Yep. Because that's the same time period. And just because it's animation doesn't mean it's not important. And so it gives yep. it gives credibility to that as well. And so for all of those things, Andor was just was my number one show for 2022 for Star Wars. I'm so glad you maybe brought for it all. Up. That's 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 high praise. So of, of the, the top of the mountain for you of all the things, Andor sits there, huh? Yeah. That's great. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it gives me an opportunity to to talk a little bit about another show uh, because I, I'm not going to say anything that that is uh, better than what you just said about Andor. Uh, I will only add that I think that it's such an important show for Star Wars because it shows, and I've mentioned this before, but it shows everyone that you can tell a unique type of story in the Star Wars galaxy. Mm-hmm. Marvel has gone off and gotten very experimental with their different MCU shows. Um, yep. Political thriller with Falcon, the winter soldier. You've got an experimental type of uh, sitcom based WandaVision. Uh, you've got uh, Miss Marvel, a, almost like a Disney channel type audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying new things. And I wasn't ever, I wasn't sure, I guess, um, that you could do something like that with Star Wars, but Andor proves that you can. If you do it the right way, we got a political spy thriller with in the Star Wars universe, right? I mean, that's yep. Tony Gilroy. That's his forte is a political spy thriller. And boy, oh boy, is that, you know, um, it's almost Game of Thrones level with the kind of mm. the amount of characters that we got. I don't know if you've ever watched Game of Thrones or not. I uh, recently just concluded my first viewing of it and it was a lot of heavy lifting and it's a topic for another show. But I mean, I was astounded how many characters we got in Game of Thrones, Mm. fully realized characters. And that's what we got in Andor. We got all, I mean, every episode, it seemed like we were getting new characters introduced to us and compelling and interesting characters that we want to see more of. Uh, Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's, I cannot disagree with you one bit about it being the top of the mountain. But again, like I said, I'm glad that you brought it up because it gives me an opportunity to talk about my, my choice, which was Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Nice. Excellent. I just, I adore this show and it's part nostalgia, mostly, mostly Mm -hmm. nostalgia, but it's also my, it's also has a lot to do with the fact that Obi-Wan has just been one of my favorite characters my whole life. Um, So Obi-Wan getting to see Ewan McGregor again in the role, getting to see Hayden Christensen come back and be used so creatively. Mm-hmm. They, they could have just thrown anybody in that suit and, and had James Earl Jones's voice say the lines, but they brought Hayden Christensen back and we got that awesome training scene from attack of the clones time frame. We got the spooky sort of like vision that Obi-Wan had, on that uh, sort of that barren planet where he sees him across the mountain range. Um, we got to see uh, Anakin's face through the mask, through that final fight. And I just, I think I, not only did I enjoy the show and a lot of aspects about the show that I enjoyed, but I also enjoyed the celebration connection where they kicked it off in celebration, oh, yes. you know, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll get to celebration here in a little bit, but 
<laughs> the fact that it was sort of like extended out through celebration and then we got to enjoy it for the next six weeks after mm-hmm. five weeks whatever it was was just such a special experience and aside from all of that though the show itself uh the new characters that we saw reva i think is fascinating love that character tala another hall of fame character um roken i i can't wait to see if we get to see roken and uh, pop mm. up in other p- parts of the rebellion little leia she may be the breakout star of 2022 with what she did with that role. Absolutely so charming and so lovely, so wonderful. Um, uh, we also got another cool droid, Ned B, which was a very heroic, sacrificial type of thing. And in addition to that, what you mentioned about Andor getting to see these different pockets of the rebellion we got to see one of those with Kenobi. He was involved with this. I don't know that they would have considered themselves rebels, but they were helping people mm-hmm. get to safer places. And that was their form of rebellion. And, you know, they weren't out there doing a lot of fighting, but they were out there helping. And I love seeing that, that, um, that point of view from the rebellion. So, you know, Thank you for choosing Andor because I got a chance to talk about Kenobi because of it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, and you know, you can't go wrong. I could not disagree with anybody for saying any of them. I mean, Tales yeah, of the yeah. Jedi was, sure. was magnificent and gave us little just mm, nuggets that were like, oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, you, you really can't go wrong with any of them. Um Gosh, I mean, yeah. Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. I mean, uh, in, in, in uh, you know Fett. training and and oh, yeah, yeah. in Boba Fett. It, so yeah. it makes it makes me really look forward to what we've got coming up in 2023 with the Mandalorian season three. You know, the proper yep. show now and what what they have in store. I'm not, you know, whether they go and they use other characters from you know, like like you referenced Luke Skywalker or not mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Uh, but just going and seeing. Um, what's what they're going to have in store for us is, is so exciting because anything is possible. Really, anything is possible. Right. But let's uh, circle back around to to Marvel, since we're talking about streaming shows on Disney Plus. Uh, what was your favorite MCU show from Disney Plus? Yeah, I, again, so many good choices to 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 go with, but my favorite this year was Miss Marvel. I just I I adored that show. First of all, coming into the show, she was one of my favorite new characters. Her um, her comic book um, by G. Willow Wilson, I just found to be wildly fascinating and enjoyable and really brought comic back into comic books and superheroes for me. And so in in the thing with the comic book is I I, I really kind of read begrudgingly started reading it mm-hmm. um it was because i i picked it up for the library i'd read several several reviews on on how good it was and i was kind of like, all right i'll get it i think it's probably something i should have in a library so i picked it up and i was like all right i should probably read this so at least i know whether i can recommend this to kids or or whatever and i, I couldn't i couldn't help but then turn around and buy volume two and volume three and four and five and six i have about eight volumes of miss marvel of the trade paperbacks it just i find the character to be just so likable and so my hopes were very high for the show coming in and they met it all they met all expectations on my side 
I love the way you said that Miss Marvel is kind of like the Disney, the Disney show, like a, a Disney, Disney Channel, Channel kind of a feel. And 100%. Because that's exactly how it is in the comic books. I, I even said on a couple of different other shows that I felt like Miss Marvel could almost be the Spider-Man for this generation. I agree with of, you. Yeah. The millennium, you know, this millennium generation. I mean, there's so much imagery in the show as well as in the book that, that shows me that when she's sitting on top of the light of the light pole, looking over the Bay at New York, I'm like, man, that could be Spider-Man yeah. in several different places. And I, the thing that really drew me in on the superhero side of thing for the show was her culture, her family, yes. yeah. and then the inferiority complex of I'm a New Jersey girl. Mm-hmm. And they are the New York. They mm-hmm. are they they are on a different level, mm-hmm. and and she has that conflict the conflict of all three of those different things. And the thing I forgot to say was her friends. She's a teenager. Yes. She has friends, and yeah. she has a love interest. And they play that off so humorously. So I thought I felt it was so authentic um, that I just it was so well done on so many levels. And I know it wasn't for everybody, and not everybody loved it like I did, but I do wonder, especially because of that post-credit scene of the final episode where Carol Danvers shows up, I just can't wait to see how Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, is going to play a role in a larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just, I can't wait to see how that looks and what she brings to the table uh, when that happens, or if I guess I shouldn't assume it's going to happen, there are lots of rumor about it, but I, I yeah. just can't wait to see what happens with that. But I thought that I thought the show was immensely charming. It was fresh. It was fun. And it gave, and again, another barometer for me is will my family watch it? Yeah. And two of the three others in my family were willing to sit down and watch this. And I think they, I think they enjoyed it. I mean, they weren't like goosebumps and cheering and things like that. Like I was, but nonetheless, they, they persevered and they watched the whole thing and they're like, yeah, that was fun. So that's an A plus in my house. It's an A plus in my book. Yeah. She's so charming and she's so fun and she's so genuine. And you mentioned her family. I love that family dynamic that she has Mm -hmm. the, the parents, and the the point of view that they that they brought um, for the show, I thought the fact that the dad was sort of um, important in her adopting the name was so beautiful, and right. the mom and her mm-hmm. acceptance of the whole situation and her role in bringing her the super suit. Uh, I thought was, I just love it, you know, and I mentioned, I think I mentioned when we were doing our recaps on it, that so many times in so many of our stories, whether they're comic book stories or not, our heroes come from a tragic origin where they've lost a parent or they've lost mm-hmm. both of their parents. But this is one of the unique characters where she has both of her parents. She's got a yes. brother who's who's got now got a wife and they have this wonderful, fun family. And I think it has so many storing storytelling opportunities just within the family you don't even have to go outside of it i thought so much of what i enjoyed was seeing those family dynamics so that was definitely a highlight for me um my pick though for the mcu streaming show is she hulk <laughs> nice and i and i mean anybody that listens to the to the show um at all knows just how absolutely 
in love with She-Hulk I was. Just every single week I looked forward to the laughs that were going to come from this show. And it was irreverent and it was different. It was nothing like anything else we've seen in the MCU. And sort of like what you mentioned with Miss Marvel, She-Hulk as well, not for everybody, but boy, oh boy, was it for me. Because mm-hmm. that, I loved how self-aware it was. How I mean, The finale to me still makes me giggle when she goes in and finds K-E-V-I-N and has her discussion, you know, with this robot AI. It's just so <laughs> self-aware about how the MCU and the criticisms of the MCU has become. I just think it's so funny. And, you know, its use of, of Daredevil I thought was fun. I'm looking so forward to seeing. Anytime you see Charlie Cox's Daredevil, I don't care where it's at, whether it's in a 30-second scene in Spider-Man or it's in a couple episodes of She-Hulk. I, I want to see more of him, and I'm so glad we will. Uh, but I just, every single week, I just got to sit there, and, and it was almost like a palate cleanser for the whole week. I'm just going to laugh for 30 minutes. I don't have to worry about big stakes. I don't have to worry about an ongoing story. And that was sort of like what we grew up on, right? 30-minute mm-hmm. sitcoms. Yep. You know, you have a you have the first eight minutes and then a commercial break and the next eight minutes and a commercial break and then everything's everything's fine everything and you laughed on your way through that's right. what she hulk was for me so i just loved you it. know I, just loved it. I will say i believe that episode three of she hulk might be my favorite marvel episode oh. of of the entire year uh so that's the episode with megan the stallion in the court <laughs> case with the i i found that to be the most charming and I just, I laughed. I laughed so hard at yes. that, at that episode. And I don't remember what, there was something at the end that I was just like, yes, 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 yeah. yes. I yeah. can't remember what it was, but I just thought I laughed so hard. I came upstairs and, and I had a grin on my face. And my wife goes, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, that episode of She-Hulk might be the funniest thing I've seen all year. It and was I still so believe, funny. I, I just, so so I will say, great. And you know, something we both said, something we both said that I think is really important because it ties into something you said earlier in the, the episode to this show is, you know, it wasn't for everybody, but it was for you. Miss Marvel wasn't for everybody, but it was for me. Yeah. And it ties back to your comment of how the, how Marvel is, is taking some risks and experimentation mm-hmm. with different formats and different ways of telling the stories of the heroes. And I think that's I think that's a good thing because it's gonna, what it's going to do. I just said I just dropped a gunna. What it's, go, what it's going to do <laughs> is I think it's going to reach more people. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I feel more people will have a dynamic connection with a hero that will eventually tie in. I'm, I'm assuming, and that's that's something I shouldn't do, but that I'm going to assume will tie into something larger down the road. And even if it doesn't, who cares? I mean, yeah. you know, I can still be a huge Miss Marvel fan if she has mm-hmm. no impact on mm-hmm. whatever's going to happen in the larger MCU story. So I love that. And good job. Good job, me. Good job, yeah. you. That I think we're pointing <laughs> out what's really important about the MCU right now and Disney Plus's format of experimentation. Yeah. I mean, you got to fill the streaming hours with something, right? So um, why not get get crazy? Get Try new things. See what works. See what doesn't. Go do more of what works and, and you know, keep on learning. So um, I'm going to skip ahead with a, with an, a couple of points because sure. I really want to have an opportunity to hear uh, you talk about a real life 
highlight for you this past year so it doesn't have to be connected to um something that you watched or you know just something that happened to you this year that is something that has stayed with you uh that you consider a highlight for the past year man i have to say i've been i've been really fortunate in 2022 to have so many opportunities in so many different ways and so here's the list that i'm working with and then i've got i've got one and i'm going to go in chronological order to not give anything away. In March, I went to, with my podcasting partner, Dan Ream from Teachers in the Dungeon, we went to Gary Khan. It was our first convention that we went to together, small convention up in uh, Lake Geneva. So we went to that in March. And then I turned around in May and flew out to California, <laughs> spent a little bit of time with some of my best friends at Star Wars Celebration. Yep. And, uh, and so I had that. And then in August, just two more months down the road, in August, Dan, Reem, and I again went to our second convention for Teachers in the Dungeon, and that was Gen Con, which is the world's largest gaming convention in Indianapolis. And so we spent and had a great week there. And then in November, I, I was fortunate enough to go with my daughter's marching band on a trip to Florida, and we spent time at Bush Gardens. We went to uh, Universal Studios for two days over the Thanksgiving uh, day and the day after. And then we went to um, NASA in, I call Cape Canaveral. I don't know what, I don't know what exactly it is, but it's Cape Canaveral area where all the launches are. Yeah. And we were fortunate enough to watch a SpaceX rocket launch into space, which is awesome. just unbelievable. And we didn't even know that was going to happen until about two nights before. So, I mean, how do you choose from that yeah. in addition to all of the things that, that lie just beneath those, you know, big things from family to work to everything else? And so my number one, though, I, I have to say, and it it just it seems so obvious. But in, in that pool of things I just mentioned, it's it's hard to it's it might it was it was not easy easy but going to star wars celebration was by far the top of my cho- of my uh of my list and <laughs> probably i don't know there's so many things about star wars celebration that i could say made it the best but here's some of the highlights let's just talk about getting off the plane and <laughs> the person that picked me up from the airport i mean what better way to to start the weekend than being picked up at the airport by you. That was just so awesome. And you and I had a chance that we just kind of sat in the car because we're waiting for Dan Zare's plane to come in. And, uh, and so you and I just, it's the first time you and I had ever met face to face. Yep. And, and you know, as it was so cool for that moment to happen, but you know, Colby, it just, I felt like I was just hanging out with someone I've, I've known my entire life. And so while it was a momentous moment, it was it was just like seeing someone that I, I just hadn't seen, a best friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And so we sat in the car and we visited for about 45 minutes. You brought me a cup of coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> and it was it was what it would have been about midnight my time. <laughs> so let's just say I didn't get a whole lot of sleep that night. But you know, I don't know if it's the coffee or it's just the excitement because then we picked up Dan, uh Dan's air. Yeah. And we drove to oh In and Out is that the In-N-Out name of the place? Yeah. Yep. And we met with Ross Holovan, and uh, and oh, her name's escaping me. Um, Monica, yeah. Thank you. Uh, we met with Ross and Monica, and, and Corey. we ate in and, and Corey. Gosh, it's yeah. all right. 
<laughs> I mean, how, I mean, there, right there. That's the highlight. That's the highlight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and then there was Star Wars Celebration. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, after the fact, you know, then that was that was the first night before it even started. Yes, and that that was just. I mean, that's how it started, and then just being able to hang out with everybody. And uh, and see all the wonderful things and be in the panel. We mentioned Mandalore season three. I was in I was in one of the the side rooms or extra ball. I, it's funny to say side room, but there are probably yeah. five thousand people in that room with me <laughs> when we watched the Mandalorian trailer, and then mm-hmm. we got to watch a Ahsoka trailer. Mm. I mean. I mean, Jiminy Christmas. And then, uh, so there was that. And then, you know, there's something about hanging out with a Star Wars author mm-hmm. the entire weekend and getting to spend time with with uh, Dan Zare and uh, Corey Club, you know, two of my best friends. Um, and then, you know, all the other people we met with. I mean, oh, I'm going to miss so many people. But I think about that night that we went out to Disney. Um, uh, uh, I forget the name of the, the, what is that? Disney. What is that area? Um, <laughs> anyway, and we had dinner and I'm just going around the table and I'm thinking about who, who was there. You and your son were there and Greg McLaughlin and Dan Lowe. And, uh, uh well, you're, you're talking about downtown Disney that, that when it. we had dinner on that Saturday night. That's yeah, it. Downtown Disney. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think smooth Rivera and his wife were there yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dennis Keithley and his boys and his wife were there yeah. and Mary and Chad's were there. I mean, yeah. so many, so many people. Yeah. And I was just on, um, Greg McLaughlin's show, rebel base card podcast, uh, just in a, in the last couple of weeks. And he was talking about how he and I went to the airport to go home mm-hmm. and, and he and his wife have that that like club status with the airline that we we're flying on. Mm, nice. So we got to go up into one of those the areas where nobody else is and it's quiet and you just sort of get get away from the hubbub. And he talked about how nice it was just to just to have that that hour that we had before his flight left to just sort of decompress and yeah. talk about like every just sort of reflect on the week. And I mean so, I mean, what do I, what do I pull from all of that to say that this is what makes Star Wars Celebration my top real life highlight of 2022? Other yeah. than all of it, yeah, all of it. I mean, riding Thunder Mountain and and discovering <laughs> for the first time and riding a roller coaster in probably 20 years that I could a still ride a roller coaster and b I have this all of a sudden. In those 20 years, I've got this trigger inside of me that when I'm getting a thrill like a roller coaster, I can't stop laughing. I just, it was so enjoyable. And the yeah. rise of resistance and oh my gosh, all of that. Oh, I just, it takes yeah. all of this. This conversation takes me back to those warm days. I mean, here we're in, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you right now. We talked before the show. I look at my computer, you guys, it's minus two degrees air temperature (laughs) where I'm sitting right now. And this conversation is just warming me. It just warms me back to those days of, of being in Los Angeles at Star Wars celebration. That is my highlight of the year. I love it. I love it. I, I was going to also choose celebration as my highlight too. Uh, but I mean, after listening to you talk about it, I, I can't add anything at all. I mean, like you said, the Disneyland experience, the, 
the the dinner on Saturday night, everything, the Wednesday night, you know, hanging out with you. That is, I think, one of the reasons it's it's the highlight and the, one of the highlights is because of the ability to be with people that you've met through various channels, through Twitter, through podcasting, through social media, whatever the case may be. But you're actually there face-to-face with somebody and you're sharing time. I remember sitting there at that, whatever that restaurant was called, and having that that obscene milkshake with a cookie hanging <laughs> off the side and, and you know, you're, you're knocking back a, a beer and yep. you know, we're taking pictures and, and it was sort of mm. like the night before everything was going to come to a close. So everybody yeah. sort of knew like, this is an opportunity that we're having to hang out with each other, but it's, it's coming to an end tomorrow. I mean, some yeah. people were even leaving, um, you know, earlier in the day and on Sunday and whatnot. And it just, it highlights this, the, how special it is that we experience all of these things together. Uh, And it's a rare occasion this year coming up in 2023, it's going to be in, in London. So I don't know how many people are going to be making that long trip. Uh, So just to know that it happened in Anaheim, it was at the end. Well, I guess sort of the end of the pandemic where people were actually now starting to be able to travel more and it had been postponed. Right. So, it was just such a special time and I loved just sitting here watching you and listening to you talk about it because yeah, it takes you right back. It takes you right oh. back. We're back at the, uh, the airport. Remember it was called a cell phone parking lot. You're like, what is a cell phone parking? Oh lot? yeah. <laughs> sitting there waiting for Dan, uh, <laughs> drinking right. the coffee. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just a, a great, great time. And I'm so glad that that you took the time to talk about it and, and look at you going to Disneyland and universal studios on two different coasts in one year. What's I going know. on there is amazing. Um, before I let you go though, and thank you so much for, for joining me. And I always love having a conversation with you, Tom. I feel the same way. We are good friends and I, and just sitting here on a, you know, talking to each other through a computer is, is a blessing for me. And I really Indeed. love always having conversations with you before I let you go though. I know you have something very, very big coming up in January. I want to oh. give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about it and that's steam into star Wars. I know last year you weren't able to do it because of mm-hmm. the pandemic situations. Um, but this year it's back. So let us know what this is and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, this will be our sixth show. So this is a show that takes place at our high school. My Initially it was called Star Wars Reads Day. And we'd hold this event in, um, in October and use the marketing power of Lucas because they gave you the rights to use all of that kind of thing. And and it started as a as a show that way, um, but for lots of reasons, I decided to move it from October to January. So in January of 2020, we hosted our first Steam into Star Wars, but I consider it still part of the Star Wars Reads experience. Um, and so my book club and now my game club uh, collaborate in putting together this community event, and I call it a community event, but. Dan Zare and Greg McLaughlin and, and Ross and everybody who comes to it. Um, they call it more of a, of a convention. It's a, it's yeah. a mini con. And I, I guess it. when I sit back and I think about it, yeah, I can, I can see that. Um, so steam into star Wars steam being the acronym science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Um, I wanted to, you know, being, being in a school, I want this to be, I wanted this to be, have a focus on education. 
um, but with fun involved as well. Because what is education if it's not fun? If it's yeah. drudgery and it's it's painful, that's not to me. That's not education. That's painful and drudgery. <laughs> and so I wanted to be something fun uh, where where families can come and celebrate just everything that there is to be given here. And so I have a lot of people that I ask to come and participate in this. I'm like, whoa, Tom, I don't, I don't know anything about Star Wars. You know, I'm like, that's okay. That's yeah. just the theme of it. I choose Star Wars because A, I love it. B, it doesn't hurt to have a Star Wars author teaching at the school. That would be Dan Zare. Yep. And so I get to use his resources. But also I choose it because even if you're if you don't love Star Wars, I'd be I think it'd be hard pressed to, 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 for anyone to say they don't know anything about Star Wars. Sure. They've seen or heard something about Star Wars and they know that there's a good side and a dark side. They know there are lightsabers. They know that there's the force and there's all that. And even if they don't know the stories, they know Grogu, you know, and yeah. all of the aliens and all that kind of thing. So I use it as sort of that platform. So it's it's a Star Wars convention, but it, it's 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 more diverse than that. And so what I do and what my kids do is we created this event where families can come. It's a short event. It's it's nine o'clock this year. It's nine o'clock to twelve thirty. And this event's in, in central Illinois at our, our school, Washington Community High School. And, uh, and, and I keep it short because a, I, I don't want anyone to have to buy food or bring food mm, yeah. <laughs> and b the cleanup on it is a lot faster when food is not involved. <laughs> so sorry, that's a little selfish on my side, but at the same time we get to pack a ton of stuff in. And so I have, so some of the highlights of it are, we've got, um, from the very beginning, the, the cornerstone of steam into star Wars and star Wars reads day has been podcasts and sharing stories. And so, of course, Dan's Coffee with Kenobi will be there. Greg McLaughlin's Rebel Base Card podcast will be there. Um, Dan's been there every single year. Greg's came in 2020, and he'll be back for a second time this year. And then uh, we have a new uh, podcast, the um, the Hyperion Hub, which oh, is a nice. Disney podcast um, by John Alois and Sean Degenhart. Uh, that they talk everything Disney. Now I'm guessing they'll probably talk Star Wars that day, but that is not, I told them that is not a requirement of the show. Love and that. so I've got those three podcasts that'll be there. I bring in um, several local authors and artists to talk about storytelling, to talk about art and storytelling. And uh, and so then we also have panel sessions because one thing Star Wars reads day did not do very well is it did not cater to my own kids being high school students. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to create a show that would appeal also to high school students. And so I have panel discussions throughout the day, uh, three of them to be exact. One is where I bring my local authors in to talk about writing and authorship and storytelling. And so there'll be a story, uh, a, a session on that. And then I have an artist's uh, panel where these local artists, Cameron Johnson and uh, Mitchell Blumenshine and Chris uh, Grimm and a few others will come in and they'll do a, a session on art and storytelling. But the other thing, I didn't mention this with the authors panel, but uh, the one thing that I want them to talk about, and actually Ross Holliban of Fantatrax will be, will be hosting a couple of these panels. And the thing that I've asked them, the, 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 the panel discussion leaders to, to try to draw out is, Look, all of you are local and you're making an impact in your field. Yeah. So what can me as a teenager 
or even a, a, a tween or even an elementary student here. I love to draw or I love to, to create storyboards. What can I do? With, how can I make a, an impact on a larger world? Because all of these people are from, if not the Washington Peoria area, they're from somewhere in the Midwest yeah. where they're making an impact on a larger world. And I want them to share that story to inspire the kids that are there. We're also doing a panel on digital content creators, which again, many of our students, our teens are content creators these days. Yep. So I want them to hear the stories of podcasters and people like Ross and uh, Daniel Lowe and the folks from Fanta Tracks and, um, and a few others that will be there. Andrew Harrison from Star Wars Action News, who does the video editing for them. I want them there to talk about the responsibilities of being a digital content creator, the positive impact that you can have on people, but also the dangers of toxic, of toxic nature and culture yeah. and how to avoid that and how to battle that. And That's so I amazing. want our kids to hear those stories of adults that have kind of gone through and taken the lumps, but do it on a professional level. Um, but I did mention kids, children. And so I want small children to come four or five, six year old kids. Um, and so we have story time for those kids where I've got some local celebrities. Some of them are local athletes and some of them are just local, like a principal or a librarian from one of the schools or a public librarian. They're going to read stories to kids throughout the day. Um, we have crafts that my kids, my book club and game club kids have, have created and they'll do crafts with the kids. One of our local um, schools, sorry, uh, primary schools has a, uh, a Lego League robotics team. And awesome. so they're going to do some Lego League uh, robotics competition at the, at the event. And then um, our high school robotics team will be there as well. We have a really dynamic alum coming back because what's really, what's really interesting is that Saturday is also the national first build day for our robotics team, the high school level robotics teams. And so they're like, we, Tom, we want to be there, but like, that's our first day of build. And so uh, I said, what if I, what if I found an alum to come and yeah. share the story? And they're like, absolutely do it. And we'll try to get some freshmen out that won't have as much. Imp I said, awesome. Well, so we got that. Um, oh my gosh, I have a new, a new person this year who is a seamstress and she does, she does cosplay stuff. Um, and she has one of the, um, the sisters from Obi-Wan. We talked about Obi-Wan earlier. I don't remember which sister it is, uh, the Inquisitor sisters. And, uh, and she has an entire costume that she has sewn that is, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. I saw her at a show uh, or at, at our local game store, um, in, uh, September, October, and, and she had it on display. I'm like, do you, can you please bring that to steam into star Wars? And can awesome. you talk to kids about like what you do and how you do it? Cause she does commissions that are like five, $600 commissions. Oh, wow. And, and like she has Harry Potter robes and, you know, you mentioned um, the Game of Thrones. She has like some of those costumes that she has made for people with the fur on the inside and all oh, this beautiful wow. work. And so I asked her to come and she'll be there. Um, oh, oh, I, how can I forget to, to mention we've got the 501st, the Midwest oh, cool. Garrison uh, chapter of the 501st. And, uh, and they will be there. And they've, they've been so loyal to our show. They come every year. It's it, what's, what's a Star Wars show or what's a show with a Star Wars theme without a stormtrooper or a Jawa or an Imperial <laughs> officer or a Wookiee or a droid or, you know, walking around for pictures and stuff like that. So 
we have so much going on that day. If you are in the central Illinois area or region, if you're if you're listening from Chicago or St. Louis or Indianapolis, it's a two-hour drive for three and a half hours of just pure fun. And if you are in that camp, please get on our website. If you if you just Google Steam into Star Wars, you'll find our webpage. And there's there's a pre-registration. Oh, Colby, I forgot to, I forgot to mention. This can you hear the salesman coming out of me now? <laughs> <laughs> this is a free event. There's I don't charge anything for anybody to come. But I do have I do have an opportunity through a pre-registration that you could be put in to win some really exclusive prizes that are donated from Daniel Lowe of Fanta Tracks, from Dan Zare, Coffee with Kenobi. Um, and, and a few, a handful of other people who've thrown in, uh, to donate these prizes. Awesome. And we've got some really special prizes for people who pre-register. Um, the pre-registration does nothing except let us know, <laughs> give us an idea of how many people are showing up for this. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, you don't pre-register and you miss it, it closes the Wednesday before, uh, January 7th. I'm, I'm hazarding a guess here. I think that's the 4th of January. And uh, it closes then. If you don't get to pre-register, don't worry about it. Just come. Just show up. Have a great time. Um, share your Star Wars stories with us. Talk to the people. Our, you know, Support our vendors. We will have a bookstore there as well. Um, Dan, uh, Dan Zare will be doing uh, his book signing from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock that morning. He can start sign the Star Wars book for you. He can sign the um, the character encyclopedia for you. He can sign the um, the uh, the Vader, I Am Your Father book. Yeah. Bring your own copy. We'll have a few copies there for sale. Um, but so much, so much going on. Colby, thank you so much for giving me a chance to uh, to talk course. about that because – it is it is on my mind <laughs> your 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 passion for it is obvious and very 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 clear and i love that so much tom i love that you're doing this what an what what an effect you're having on the community and you never know what is what could happen to a young person that attends this type of thing and what kind of creative spark it will um, light in him or, or her and what that could turn into down the road. And I just love that you have taken this passion that you have for Star Wars, this passion that you have for education, you've put them together and you're doing so many good things with it. It's just, it's, it's really a pleasure and an honor for me to be able to have you talk about it because your passion for it is just super, super um, obvious. And, and I love, love hearing you talk about it. And oh, if well, I were, if I were closer than a couple thousand miles away, I would be there too. Um, mm. Not sure that, not sure I can make it out there this time, but I, I am going to keep the opportunity or the option open for a future possibility. So, Oh, that's well, so kind. Thank, well, thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Of course. Of course, my friend. And, you know, thank you uh, for coming on the show and talking about this fun stuff for the last, the last year. And then the sharing about steam into star Wars. Um, before I let you go, tell people where they can reach you on, uh, on the internet, social media. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, on Twitter is where you usually will find me, and that is at Draftline, D-R-A-F-T-L-I-N-E. Um, the, the other love of mine is uh, Dungeons & Dragons, and so you can find my <laughs> podcast I do with Dan Reem. I mentioned earlier, that is Teachers in the Dungeon, and, uh, and our Twitter on that is at Dungeon Teachers because Teachers in the Dungeon is too long for a handle. But on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram, we are Teachers in the Dungeon. And so I'd love for you to check that out. Colby, you mentioned my blog, Seeking Positivity in the Galaxy. Uh, check that out. I try to get a, 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 a post out about once a week. doesn't always happen, but 
when I get a chance, I put that out there too. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Love all the things that you're doing. Love your brother. I, I am always, it's always a, a wonderful time uh, being able to chat with you. Uh, and what a wonderful way to end off the year of podcasting mm-hmm. with this wonderful episode, talking about all these awesome things that, that we got to do this past year. So uh, thank you again, sir, for coming on and thank everybody that's listening. I appreciate your support. Uh, definitely one of the other highlights for me this year is starting this podcast and watching it do what it's doing. So I look forward to seeing what else happens in 2023. Uh, but until we meet again, thank you all for listening to the Colby cast. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. That'll do, donkey. That'll do.